Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Uh, you know, Angela, we always talk about every week how important it is to kind of leave a rating or a review. It helps us out and everything. So I thought it'd be a good idea to maybe like start reading review that we've gotten from a listener every like now and then. Oh. Uh, just to kind of maybe incentivize some of our other listeners to leave a, a review because then maybe they'll, you'll have your review read out on a future episode. Okay. So uh, this week, I'll read a review from uh, Sarah T28. So her review goes, I absolutely love this podcast. I am a huge Disney lover, so it is such fun to listen to. I love how they cover such a variety of material from things in the parks, Star Wars, Pixar, Marvel, music, Disney resorts, D23, and more. We do cover quite a lot. Yeah, we do. Anything and everything Disney, right? Um, so she continues, it's so helpful. I love learning new things about Disney, and this is such an interesting way to do it. So I think that was a great review. Thanks, Sarah T. That made my yeah, day. Yeah, thank you. So uh, again... Uh, I'm sorry for almost mispronouncing your name. Sierra. Leaving a uh, a review really helps. So leave a review if you're listening. If you've you know been a long-time listener and haven't left a review yet, leave one. Maybe you'll be uh, read out on one of the future episodes. That's awesome. All right. Rolling into Disney news this week. Uh, we'll start with food because Angela loves the food. So Disney announced at Hollywood Studios, so you can get this at the Backlot oh Express. Oh my gosh. There is a... Guys, peanut, Google a picture. Yeah, there's like a Reese's peanut butter brownie. Uh, it's huge. It's it's a giant brownie filled with peanut butter cups with fudge icing on it top. It essentially looks like a peanut butter cup because yeah. it's round. Yeah. So it just looks like a peanut butter cup that ate like seven more peanut butter cups. Yeah. So there's fudge icing on top and then Reese's Pieces on top of that and then another piece of a Reese's peanut butter cup on top of that. It's huge. It Probably two people could eat it. I think they, I, think um, I said it's like $5, but it looks um, delicious. I could eat the whole thing myself. It, okay. All right. Well, I, it's I guess like basically you could eat one. they like dumped a thing of Reese's pieces on top. Like they don't look like they're baked in or anything. They're just no. It's on covered. Top. It, it, it's like I think what they did is they put fudge icing on it and then just yeah, yeah dropped a handful of Reese's pieces on it. Yeah. It it looks so good. I can't wait to get one when we're down there. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, this thing has got to have ten thousand calories in it. Oh, one hundred percent. Chocolate is on it and everything. Hashtag cheat day. Okay, because. It looks like yeah, it was, it's fantastic. Yeah, oh. No, it looks really good. I'm I'm really excited. I about mean, this. nobody's really counting calories when they go to Disney. Yeah, I'll definitely have to get one and again. It's at the Backlot Express at Hollywood Studios, but this thing looks great. Like you said, Google a picture of it because mm-hmm. this thing looks delicious. Especially if you're a peanut butter fan. Like my favorite thing I've realized in the past like month, it's just peanut butter. I love any snack that's peanut butter. So like we'll get, I get this popcorn that's covered in peanut butter and chocolate, and it's kettle corn so it is both sweet and salty and it has peanut butter and it's like the best snack i'm uh, moving on to the next thing i kind of want to talk on this and, and dig into this a little bit deeper so there's been a few things kind of recently that disney's announced that seem to be like cutbacks throughout the park most recently they've announced a few shows i, I don't know if this has been officially announced but this has been um, kind of rumored and i think a lot of the people working on these shows have kind of confirmed it but not necessarily an official announcement from disney itself but and they've uh, allegedly canceled uh, Lightning McQueen's DJ party, which is kind of that that DJ show right outside the Lightning McQueen um, 
I forget exactly what it's called, like Race Day or something at Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. So the, the new Lightning McQueen area the there. The animatronic thing? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the little like DJ thing outside. And then also the the Muppets Great Moments in American History. And this is the show that's right above the Hall of Presidents, which is the Muppets going through historical events. So they do Paul Revere, the Declaration of Independence. Oh, cool. And they kind of put their spin on it. Now, I walked by when this was going on one time and I stopped for a little bit. I didn't end up I didn't end up watching the whole thing. You're talking thing. about the Muppets one? The Muppets one, yeah. Okay. And uh, it, it was a pretty funny show. I mean, I watched it for a little bit. I mean, that sounds like such a great concept. Yeah, so that, and that's been going on for a few years. The Lightning, Lightning McQueen one has, has been pretty short-lived, and I think that one was always meant to be temporary. Um, so there's a lot of people, you know, upset that they're cutting back on the Muppets. And there's been, um, you know, other reports with the lower attendance since Galaxy's Edge opened that, They've been cutting back on other entertainment and and people's hours throughout the park. So it seems like Disney's been been kind of cutting back on things. And I'm not sure if it's due to the low attendance or kind of the the overspending on Galaxy's Edge. But it does seem to be they're kind of in this slow period here. The other thing is with the photo pass photographers. So a lot of the character meet and greets have been switched over to these photo these boxes. Photo box. Right. Yeah. Which... So th- we talked about this maybe a year ago where Disney announced that they were going to be putting photo boxes in only like one or two character meet and greets uh, kind of as a test. But within the past, I want to say two weeks, it seems like they've been switching over every character meet and greet to a, a photo box and essentially... There's a photo box there instead of a photographer. Overall, of course, if you're getting rid of people, you're getting rid of the human touch. Um, I think this is really counterintuitive to what Disney likes to do. They personalize so much of your experience in the parks. So to get rid of shows, to get rid of people interaction and replace it with machines or replace it with just nothing in general, like getting rid of the shows, it definitely will cut the experience for the person, the people who are there. Like one of the things we loved most about being in Japan is the, how many different shows they had in their parks. And so to hear that some of the, the American parks are starting to cut some of the shows. I mean, the shows in Japan were huge, but still these little tiny ones are fun little things to stop at. It might be a good break if you have kids to sit and watch that and just let the kids kind of decompress for a few minutes. If you're walking around, you're tired of walking again, it's just, it's a great time to just relax for a few seconds. And the photo boxes, um, I can't imagine that you're going to get as, as good photos. And I know that there's been some reports that they're not as good. Yeah. So and I kind of want to talk because you, you brought up a lot of good points. Like, you know, Disney, as they cut these shows, it's kind of taking away from the atmosphere and experience. And I do wonder what is driving this. I mean, we see, we've seen this in the past where, Disney announces a lot of new stuff and then some of it's temporary, but some, they obviously, you know, they cut stuff. They're always changing things, you know, through time. But if you couple this with the low attendance numbers that's been reported in Disneyland all summer and Disney World doesn't seem to have a a bump in attendance due to Galaxy's Edge. I mean, they're offering in California, they're offering, you know, really good hotel deals right now. I wonder is, you know, it an issue of, Galaxy's Edge really cost a lot more than they expected and they're trying to save some money or, you know, the past few years we've had some insane ticket price increases. I mean, Mm -hmm. hotel prices have increased, ticket prices have increased all in anticipation of Galaxy's Edge and the 50th anniversary coming up. 
and all these crowds coming. I wonder if that's finally, uh, you know, caught up that the people are, it, it's now too much where people are like, Hey, the ticket prices are too much that I'm not going to go. And maybe I, we used to take our family there every two years, but now we can only go every three years or four years, something like that. You have to like take a lot of time and, and save up for a Disney trip. And to see that they're bumping the prices up even more, people are going to start saying, you know what, we can go to a national park instead. It's a lot cheaper. And I mean, the kid, it's a different experience. So it, they, they're, they're kind of doing that to themselves a little bit. If you have people waiting longer in between, then you're having less people come every year. So it, it could be impacting it. I do also kind of wonder if this is a sign of just overall economic slowdown. I mean, this is kind of the the business finance accounting person in me, you know, seeing this, that travel and leisure and discretionary spending, those are kind of the first things to go once people are starting to, you know, feel budgetary pressures and things. So yes, ticket prices have increased, but I also wonder if, you know, we are seeing, you know, in the broader economy, I mean, not to, this isn't a finance podcast by any means but in the broader economy there are definitely it's not. There, no, there are thank definitely, goodness <laughs> there are definitely signs of you know somewhat slowing down in the overall economy and so i wonder if this is a sign of that and, and maybe disney is seeing this so they're you know trying to be proactive about trying to make sure they don't spend too much and, and overspend and then that way if there is a downturn and they do see dramatic attendance drops that you know, they're kind of more prepared for it as opposed to, you know, 10 years ago when they weren't really prepared for Be it. prepared. So, but I, I do want to circle back on to the photo boxes as well, because this is kind of a, it's related to, you know, cost cutting measures. But like we said, it, you know, you're, you're taking out the human touch, you're putting in a robot. And it seems like, you know, every day there's a report that a new character meet and greet has the photo box. And then if you see that and on Facebook, all the comments and all the other reporting is that everybody hates it, that people are complaining. And there's actually a change.org petition going around to, <laughs> to keep the, to get the photo pass photographers back. And it's up to like 60,000 signatures wow. at this point because people's complaints are, you know the photos don't turn out as well. They're they're not zoomed in like the photo pass photographers are. They're they're a real wide angle. You only get like four pictures. A lot of times people aren't looking at the camera. It's people, you know, it's maybe a parent like walking in front to position their child, and so it's like a picture of their back, and you can't even see the kid, and so the quality is really bad. And uh, you know, a lot of people are complaining, hey, you know, we need to complain to Disney, we need to, you know, not buy the memory maker and everything and to, to kind of turn it around. Yeah, I mean, I just think about the time where we met Mickey and Minnie and how many really great shots that we got. We got a really good mixture of candid shots and also of posed shots that only a human photographer is going to know to take because they were important key parts in our interaction with Mickey and Minnie. And so I know from experience that you know, you're not going to get a robot doing that. So I definitely think that this is a mistake on Disney's part, which you don't hear me say often. And I wouldn't be surprised if things like the change.org petition kind of breaks through the fog and Disney's like, you know what, maybe we should get some of those people back. Yeah. And that's exactly, I mean, a lot of people's points, exactly what you said is that you don't get those candid reaction shots because it's a set, hey, every like five seconds, it's going to take a couple pictures. Now, there is a cast member there kind of directing you 
you know, where to look, when to smile and everything. And they will still take your picture with your cell phone camera. So if you have a camera, you can hand it to the cast member kind of working there. It's just not a, a photo pass photographer. So th- there's a lot of, you know, feedback on this of, you know, like you said, Disney's kind of ruining this. You know, we love this. We love getting the memory maker. And we need to stop, you know, people saying, hey, stop buying the memory maker, send Disney a message. And I wonder if, I kind of wonder two things. One, when Disney tested this out, they only tested it at a few character meet and greets. And they probably asked for feedback. And and if there's only one or two character meet and greets this is at, you're not going to have overall negative feedback. Right. If, if you true. have a couple bad pictures, you're going to say, no, I still think the memory maker's worth it because maybe my Tinkerbell pictures didn't turn out that great, but everything else did. Mm-hmm. Or... Or, oh, no, I, th- I think it's okay. You know, the, the pictures looked all right. So I, I wonder if it's, you know, them misreading the data. I mean, you know, you can look at information and say, hey. There's other variables in at, at play there that exactly. they're not taking into exactly. account. Hey, we implemented photo boxes in five places, but purchases of Memory Maker barely moved and guest satisfaction didn't drop at all. And it's because it was only at five places. But now that it's at 40 character meet and greets and every photo is bad now, people are like, well, if this isn't worth it. And so I wonder if, if it's that or I wonder if because so many of the PhotoPass photographers will take your picture with your cell phone, how many people really were buying the pictures? I mean, maybe, maybe the, I mean, we don't know the numbers, but maybe the numbers were 95% of the people just took the cell phone picture and never purchased the mm-hmm. the digital pictures. And and the only people you hear complaining about it are those five or ten percent that like us that bought the memory maker and really enjoyed those yeah. PhotoPass pictures. But by and large, the overwhelming majority never paid for it. So if that's the case, then I don't see Disney switching back at all yeah, because right. they're because they know the you're, numbers. Oh, they're only dis- displeasing five to 10% exactly. of their guests. Exactly. And we're going to, people like us are just going to start saying, we're not going to buy it. We'll hand them their, our phone and hope that we get somebody who is competent with a cell phone. Yeah. And I think if that's the case, you know, if it, if it's the latter issue where people were never really buying the memory maker, I think you're going to see less and less photo pass photographers in the park as well, because it's mm-hmm. not going to be worth it. If it's the former where Disney misread the rollout and you know, the, they the feedback didn't really change, but it's because they only did a couple of things. Then I do think you could see them reversing this. That you know maybe they switch back. You know some of these character meet and greets. I think the other thing is it could be kind of early in the technology. Maybe they have plans to add because they could add multiple cameras in there. I mean, there's there's nothing to say they only need Almost one. Almost like camera. a TV studio. Exactly. Ha- have multiple cameras in there, multiple angles. They could you know have some shoot early to try to capture a candid shot, different things like that. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where it goes next, because I think the next step they take is then going to tell you the direction. Do they screw up and misread this and they're going to backtrack? Or is this the way they're going by trying to improve what they already have? Yeah, that's a good point. Nice. All right. So, so the next uh, piece, next couple of pieces, uh, you know, deal with Marvel. So, started talking about the X-Men and, and Fantastic Four and introducing them into the MCU. And, uh, you know, apparently some of the, you know, kind of rumors are... and the I was ta- going to say, before you is- say that, I don't like this. 
I like the regular. I don't really love the fact that they're talking about bringing the X-Men in. My issue is I don't think that they necessarily need quantity. I just think that they need to really work on the quality of the superheroes that they are presenting to the public. But the second part of this piece does excite me. All right. So so there's they're talking about bringing in the X-Men. I think a lot of people are excited about the X-Men coming in. Maybe you aren't, but I think a lot of other <laughs> people are. But they're, they're talking about how the MCU is going to change when the X-Men come in. So the rumor is that they're have plans for an Avengers versus X-Men event. So that may be the next Avengers movie or there may be another Avengers movie to kind of set up the new Avengers and then they'll have that. But then they're also talking about increasing the diversity. And what they're talking about is that, you know, Professor Xavier, Magneto don't necessarily need to be men. They don't necessarily need to be white men Mm -hmm. so that they may flip genders on some of these roles. They may have, you know, women play characters that have traditionally been men and and vice versa. They may have people of color play some of these actors because the majority of the X-Men are all white. So, you know, they're they're using this as a way to breathe new life into the X-Men, but then also kind of make it interesting and and, and increase diversity across the MCU in general through the X-Men. This is the piece that I think is really needed because they have certain movies that have that diversity and there's a certain cultural richness that they have to them. Like um, Black Panther is amazing. And then you get introduced in Black Panther. You have the awesome, you know, T'Challa, but also you get other great side characters like Okoye and Shuri. But the thing that makes me not so happy about the X-Men is that I would really like to see them bolster Shuri and Okoye and some of those other characters and then maybe introduce a few other more diverse characters too, but those ones are so good. And I'm afraid they're going to be drowned out if they bring the X-Men in and they bring in all kinds of new characters. Shuri, I just think is something that they have thus far under underutilized. I would love to see her more. I would love to see her in the Tony Stark role. I would love to see her as the brains of the operation because I think she has the potential to be that. And so the other thing with the uh, MCU is that uh, sounds like Robert Downey Jr., uh, can't get enough. He he may be coming back in a couple ways. So it's reportedly been rumored that he's going to be making a cameo in the Black Widow movie. Now, the Black Widow movie is kind of a, a prequel of sorts. It takes place around the time of uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War. So it's it's before the events of Endgame. So, uh, spoiler if you haven't seen Endgame, but so Tony Stark would be alive in this time period. So he, he could be making a cameo. And then the other uh, rumor is that they are working on an Ironheart series for Disney+. Plus. And I'm not sure if this is going to be an animated series, if this is going to be part of the What If series, if this is going to be its own series of Ironheart. But the rumor is that Robert Downey Jr. will be voicing the AI on this. So Ironheart is uh, a young g- girl, a teenager, who continues on the legacy of Iron Man by creating her own Iron Man suit. Mm. So she's kind of, she's a genius herself mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, so it kind of falls in the footsteps of Iron Man. So the idea is that potential. she would have a Jarvis like system, but it would be voiced by Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark. So none of that has been officially announced yet, but that's kind That'll of, be awesome. that's the rumor that they're working on that. And again, maybe that's part of the what if series. And so that's just like an episode of it of hey what if this girl became iron man instead of iron man type thing so hmm. that'll be pretty interesting but so all this talk about marvel kind of rolls us into somewhat of our main topic uh for this week so we had a question from a listener uh, rachel r and she asked us to rank the uh, our favorite avengers so i i thought 
it's kind of a beautiful segue here, kind of rolling right into it yes. to, to discuss who are, who are like our top Avengers. So, I mean, we, we could go overall, like who, who we think are our favorite, but I thought maybe we'd break it down to, into, <laughs> I thought we'd break it down into maybe like who was like the strongest, smartest, you know, maybe yeah. like best superpowers type thing. So yes. now I'm, you could argue, okay, who's an Avenger here? Because you could say everybody. If you look at Endgame, yeah. If you all, look at the last movie, there. they are all Avengers. But I'm saying, since I am a Marvel historian here, <laughs> we need to go. <laughs> we need to go official Avengers. So these are people in who were in the official Avengers team in the first one, or you have like Spider-Man because he was knighted by Tony Stark as an official Avenger, <laughs> if you remember that. So we'll go with, um, or anybody who in Endgame was kind of on the Avengers team post-snap. So you have Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye. That's kind of the initial crew. Um, we've You added Scarlet Witch, Vision, War Machine, Falcon, they added on uh, later. Again, we had Spider-Man. He was knighted in as an official Avenger. And then an Endgame added to the team, Ant-Man, uh, Nebula, Rocket, and I guess Captain Marvel. I mean, she kind of helped out a little bit. She, she, was, she did stay looped in whenever they were all meeting with N- Natasha. I guess you could you could loop in a Koye too. So we'll, we'll say... Oh, my goodness. That changes everything. We'll, we'll say... Uh, We'll say those two as well because they were kind of working with the Avengers. So, so people like the rest of the Guardians, Black Panther. I think they were they, were they helped out. out yeah, they helped out, but they were never official Avengers. I mean, I think Black Panther probably at this point will be an Avenger oh, going yeah. forward. But but for now, that's who we're going to go with. So we'll start with the strongest Avenger. Now I know Thor keeps thinking he's the strongest <laughs> Avenger, and he keeps Not asking. Anymore. So yeah, I think. I mean, who who do you think is the strongest Avenger? I mean, Thor definitely, he's up there. I mean, I, I know why he says that all the time. <laughs> he's listed as my number two, and my note next to him is formerly the strongest the Avenger. Avenger. Yeah, you know, and and the the talk was always that Hulk was stronger than him. I do think Hulk is the strongest. He went um, pretty much toe to toe with Thanos until Thanos used the Power Stone. Captain Marvel's in there too, I think, because she went toe to toe with Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, until he had the power stone as well. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's that was my vote. I was gonna say let's do it on three. I was excited. I was gonna oh, say no. let's say our favorite on three, but um, not my favorite. But she's definitely, I think, the strongest. She can single handedly destroy. She single handedly shows up out of nowhere in Endgame and and destroys that big old airship that they have in Endgame, like by flying straight through it, like right through the guts of the thing, and she no no injury or anything. Um, that's her move is just flying through ships. That's like what she, she, that's is what she a does. Human missile. Yeah. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. Like, I think just case closed, strength, right. case closed. She's the strongest. And honestly, I don't think Marvel studios knows what to do with her. They keep trying to find ways to get rid of her because they're like, crap, we have this superhero that's so strong that we have to get her out. She's out in space. So we, they can't reach her so that she can't actually just come in and solve all the issues right away. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. I think she's the strongest. I mean, brute strength, I think Hulk's probably the strongest, but I think even if he went up against Captain Marvel, she probably would be stronger. She just she seems to be the strongest one. She's kind of so she kind of comes in late edition of the game, but I definitely think she's strongest. I mean, I, I, if you're counting strength as pure 
physical muscle strength than Hulk is stronger than Thor. But Thor also has super strength and lightning powers. So I would argue that he's stronger than Well, lightning Hulk. lightning is superpower. So we can roll to superpowers next. So but pure we're talking about pure strength. Yeah, I think I think Hulk is definitely stronger than Thor, but I do think Captain Marvel is stronger than all of them. So so going with superpowers. So who do you think has the best superpowers out of the Avengers? So I'm going to surprise you with this. I mean, there's that all, a lot of them have really good superpowers. And then there's a certain segment of them that really don't have superpowers. Like you think of Okoye, Nebula has a little bit of superpowers just because she's a machine rather than a human. So she has super intelligence and things. There's, there's a big group of them. Cat Black Widow, a Hawkeye. They're really humans that just have enhancements of some sort. But the best powers, I think, and the most interesting... This belongs to Scarlet Witch. Um, I think she's actually really underranked and underutilized in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I did some research on her because I'm like, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about her toe-to-toe in Endgame with Thanos and how she was doing the cool little hand swirly things and how she used her like cool pink, like purple red magic and was using that to kind of hold him back. And what that is, is she controls chaos magic. So she can warp reality and existence. And according to the wiki, she's super powerful. She can, she actually can bring back the dead from another plane of existence. But again, Oh, I think we're going to see that. And the, uh, I think you stumbled upon how Uh they're going to get vision back in the Disney plus series or, or black widow. I mean, they could No, black widow's dead. I mean, I think she's dead. That's how we're going to get vision back though, for sure. Yeah. But I just think that she has really interesting superpowers, whereas I think that Thor's powers are pretty, run, like, I don't want to say run of the mill, but they're very well traversed. Like, everyone know, is familiar with lightning powers and super strength, but she has some interesting, you know, she has some really interesting qualities to her superpowers. So, well, you hit on the right answer. So, it is. <laughs> it is you picked that too? No. So, I mean, it is Scarlet Witch, and you touched on it with the scene in Endgame and, you know, Kevin Foggy has come out and said, and Marvel's kind of said that they think she is the only Avenger that could have defeated Thanos. If you look in that movie, Thanos is, is pretty, he he's winning. I mean, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, he can handle them toe to toe. Like he's having no problem keeping up with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, all three of them are going after him. Captain America's even has Mjolnir, and it's it's it, <laughs> Thanos doesn't seem scared, but when Scarlet Witch is there and she's crushing the armor off of him, mm-hmm. at that point he realizes he's toast unless he does something, and so he starts. You know, he, he tells them yeah, to that's true. he tells them to rain, rain yeah. fire down and basically start shooting missiles, and you know, they even say, "But that's but when he sir, gets desperate." Yeah, but he's they're like, "But sir." Our, our men are on the field. We're going to kill our own men. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I need to stop her because I'm dead Yeah. in a minute here if it's not for it. So in terms of, yeah, just raw superpowers, Scarlet Witch, I think, is is kind of the dark horse. She, well, she speaking of dark the- horse, her powers come from a demon. Which is, uh, that's, I mean, according to the comic books, at least. Yeah, I don't in the know. comics. I mean, yeah, they, I was going to say, not in the movies, movies yeah, but in the, in, movies in the comics. She's powered by the Infinity Stones in right, the movies. Right, so. right. So she's like um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, so. And, um, Vision. No. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yes, Doctor Strange. Couldn't think of it. Thanks. So I, I do think, you know, she has the strongest, you know, just raw superpowers. I think in terms of 
whose superpowers I'd want. I think I'd want to be Thor. I mean, having having Mjolnir and being able to fly and and uh, harness the power of lightning. I think that's where I would go. Is if you'd ask me whose superpowers I wanted, I would <laughs> I would pick Thor. But yeah, I, I think I think you got the right answer there. Well, she with, can with fly Scarlet too Witch. because of her her powers. So I don't know. It's just really cool. I think smartest Avenger, I think this is pretty easy. I think that's Tony Stark. Um, well, I mean, you have to think about it. There's four- He invented time travel. Okay. Well, I get there. <laughs> I get there. But you have basically four of the Avengers are very, very, very smart. Um, you have, or four people who are Avenger adjacent. I guess Shuri is not officially an Avenger. But you have Iron Man or Tony Stark. You have Tony, uh, Bruce Banner and you have- Rocket Raccoon is actually he's touted as being really smart. Yeah, yeah, Rocket's, as well. Rocket's really smart. Right. right, but as far as um, you know, despite how great Rocket is, he kind of seems like he's a really he's really good with machines. But we never get a great explanation of all of his intelligence. It's just kind of like he seems to you know do things. Yeah, quickly. I think I think the order well. you name them at is probably the order of their intelligence. So it's I think it go Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, and Rocket. But you're right, Ro- Rocket is up there. I mean, he is you know highly intelligent he's an experiment that was kind of created and and you're right he's very mechanically inclined right and uh and you know and he works he works really well i just think that they spend so much time in the movies going into how smart um tony stark is way more than anybody else even bruce banner bruce banner seems like kind of i don't want to say he's a one-trick pony because he does also figure out time travel a little bit on his own but tony stark he figures out well, that, that is his superpower. I mean, his brain is his superpower, essentially. And right. that's kind of why so much is focused on his intelligence because of that. But you have to think about the amount of problem-solving Tony Stark has done throughout all the movies. He creates the arc reactor to keep him alive, to keep the shrapnel out of his heart. And then he goes and he makes the Iron Man suit, which is essentially, like you said, his superpower. And then he makes other robots and flying machines and things. And then eventually, like you pointed out, he invents time or he figures out time travel. So he is by far the smartest. Bruce can't even hold a candle to him. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, some other ones, best dad bod. That's definitely <laughs> Thor. Got to give that one to Thor. He is... Uh, <laughs> He's a superhero. We all most depressing in, so. dad bod goes to Thor as well. He's, he's, he's <laughs> superhero. We all can believe most in, disappointing so. Avenger in Endgame goes to Thor. <laughs> so the one that made all the women cry goes to Thor. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think overall though, you know, ranking them, I mean, definitely my top would be Thor and Iron Man. I think would out, out of this you know, kind of official Avengers out of this pool, squad. out of all of them for me, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Thor's just my favorite. Cause he's really developed throughout all of the movies. He went from super serious, but kind of funny um, just because he's takes himself so seriously to realizing that he is a little bit funny and becoming kind of a joke. And he has just, his personality has developed. He's really blossomed and you can tell that they kind of realize how they could utilize Chris Hemsworth and, that propensity he has towards humor and it it has just made his character so much better. So that's great. And of course, Tony Stark is sarcastic and funny and he also has great powers. And so both of them are amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, uh, we'll miss Tony Stark for sure. Yeah. Well, he's going to be back, so we'll be good. <laughs> well, so I, th- hopefully that answered your question, Rachel. I think we went into <laughs> probably more detail than needed to go into. So, 
Well, wait, I have one more category. Okay, go ahead. Most underutilized superhero. See, I mean, there's a lot of them that are under, underutilized. I think Hawkeye is probably the most underutilized. That poor guy in the first Avengers movie was brainwashed the whole time. In, in the second one was kind of off with his family. In the third one, he wasn't even in it. And that, like, he's just, he's always seems to be on, like, the periphery of everything and never really, like, fully involved. because he's the involved. weakest Avenger by far, I think. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, weakest I mean, Avenger also goes to Hawkeye. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> poor guy. I mean, just piling on him. I, I mean, Black Widow, I mean, they both are, like you said, I mean, they're just humans. Hawkeye has a little bit more of a superpower, though, because of his, you know, bow and arrow skills. I mean, he, he can. He can hit things that are further away. Yeah. And he does seem to have also some fighting skills like like Black Widow. So right. I guess you're right. She's a yeah, little so less powerful than him. They're kind of there. But yeah, I mean, he just is just always on the outskirts. It's like... It's like he is the kid that never gets invited to play. Like he's last picked on the team. And he's always <laughs> like, well, no, guys, like, come on. Like, don't you need my help? I can shoot stuff real good. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, he, he's definitely the most underutilized, which I think is why he's getting a Disney Plus series because they need to kind of fill out his backstory a little bit, especially if they want to keep him involved or help pass on his mantle to somebody else. But yeah, I'm not sure if it's just. I actually think never he would live. I think he would live much better in a Disney Plus series because I think that you could get more into the character. You're not. He's not overshadowed by all these other characters, and he could really. I mean, you think about it. He's like kind of like the Green Arrow. He's essentially yeah. the Green Arrow. I mean, and Jeremy, that, that show's been going for how long? Jeremy Renner's a a, and, a, a good actor. Yeah, so it's he like, is. Yeah, he's just he's very underutilized. So <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the. Uh, they he's definitely, he's they, the Avenger that's always MIA for everything. They did bolster him a lot. Like they really gave him much more important of a role in Endgame. So I definitely I think that he he got a little bit of what he deserved in that movie. And he also didn't seem to be overshadowed in that movie. He was kind of a little uncaged, and I liked that version of him. But um, I think the most underutilized, and I've mentioned this before, is Scarlet Witch because we realize that her powers are so strong, and they haven't really touched on that. And Captain Marvel because they keep sending her away. <laughs> bye you're out of well, yeah, space that, that is true i mean <laughs> captain marvel has been underutilized but she hasn't been around as long as hawkeye i mean he literally just misses everything so <laughs> well wait that's pretty bad because the superpower is hitting everything no i mean he just misses <laughs> <laughs> oh man he just misses everything so all right well so i i think that i think that fully answers the question so if you have a question you'd like us to answer uh, maybe you don't want us to answer your questions now after this, after hearing this, but, but if you still do after all of this, um, you can ask it, uh, you can go to our website, enchantedearspodcast.com slash podcast question, uh, and ask it there. Uh, and again, like we mentioned at the beginning, be sure to leave us a rating or a review, uh, check us out on Facebook or Instagram or at enchanted ears podcast on both. Thanks for lending us your ears. Yeah, thanks everybody. See you here next week. Okay.